We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, January 22nd on the heels of another Thunder victory, this time 101-99 over the Denver Nuggets. We will get into that one momentarily. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. It's a two-man game tonight as I am joined by my partner in crime, Taylor Peterson. The Josh Giddy Shea Gills Alexander Show here on the Uncontested uh, yep. It wasn't pretty, Jacob. Neither game were were pretty, but uh, the Chiefs and Thunder both, both pulled pulled it out for me this weekend. So, yep. There's a reason why Nick's not here. The <laughs> How Cowboys, about them Cowboys? Them Cowboys lost. Oh my gosh, Mike McCarthy. Before we dive into this game, Taylor, and a whole lot of other stuff, because it's a weekly show, so we get to talk about a ton of basketball stuff. Before we do, though, we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. Also, I have to give a plug. Have to give a plug to our girl Nane Seven A Mountain on Twitter. You guys know her. I haven't looked at what she dropped tonight for this game yet, but she teamed <laughs> up with us to make our first ever J Dub shirt, which is an absolute banger. Actually, right here in front of me, I have Taylor's shirt. Boom. Yes. Then I need to get so to him. So make so sure to excited. go to cottonbureau.com/slash the uncontested to snag your J Dub bag shirt. He's in his bag. He's in his bag a little bit tonight. Looked like he got a little frustrated. Let out a yeah. monster dunk. We'll talk that about that. That was awesome. Hey, also, speaking of that, special podcast dropped over the weekend. Yeah, I got to interview Nane, which was incredible. I was talking to her while her uh, her parrot was flying around her house, was which was awesome. wild. Um, <laughs> and we are donating all the proceeds of this shirt to Positive Tomorrows, which, if you are not familiar, is a nonprofit here in Oklahoma City. The Thunder team up with them frequently as well. It's an elementary school for homeless students in Oklahoma City. Absolutely incredible what they do. The school is awesome. 
what they do is awesome. The people that work there is awesome or is they are awesome. There we go. Use proper English. So when you buy a shirt, we are not getting any money. Well, technically we are getting the money. It's getting sent to us. And then we're taking all that money and we are donating it to Positive Tomorrows. So really, really cool. Really excited about it. With that being said, Meek's already in the chat saying he's already got his shirt. Yeah. It's nearly arrived. That's awesome. And check out that uh, that sharp artwork in the background of Jacob's screen. It's pretty uh, pretty awesome. Had to do it. Had to do it. <laughs> Taylor, Thunderwind 101 to 99 against a shorthanded Denver Nuggets team. Before we do some takeaways, let's do our game summary real quick. I, I know you were busy on baby duty tonight, uh, so I have some notes I will go through. Let's start off with lineups. Michael Porter Jr. out. Um, Weird deal there. Yeah. Uh, really thinking about um, all those impact in that situation with his brother. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that's why he's out. I uh, would assume so. Yep. Uh, also, no Nikola Jokic. Uh, that's a uh, big loss yeah. for the Denver Nuggets. Two-time reigning MVP out. Meanwhile, the Thunder start the normal four. I'm just referring to them as a normal four now. Starting four. <laughs> and tonight, uh, Mike Muscala gets the nod to start. And so first quarter, uh, fast start. I thought the Thunder played really good out of the gate, especially Josh Giddy. Uh, he was just blitzing dudes, getting right to the bucket. I think he had three layups in like the first two minutes, just driving downhill, getting there, and just rolling it right in. It was beautiful. Uh, first quarter was really just the Shea and Giddy show. Shea had 10 points in the first quarter again. They were cooking, and I noted here that the Thunder defense had been really good in that first quarter, uh, but a mandatory no Jokic disclaimer was needed. End of the first, OKC up 27-18. to 18. Just really took it to Denver early in this game. Second quarter, the Thunder start off. Some shots aren't falling, but I thought the offense looked really good, the, the product they were getting. Um, I said, Giddy's physicality. Oh, wait, wait. That's third quarter. I lied. Hold on. We'll get to Giddy's <laughs> physicality. Um, Darius Baisley, Wiggins, and Trey Mann all in in the second quarter. Uh, we've Together. Seen Trey, yeah, we've seen <laughs> Trey Mann a little bit, but he's been struggling. But Baisley and Wiggins didn't play at all in Sacramento. They do play in the second quarter tonight. Uh, speaking of Trey, I said he's he played very aggressively in that second quarter, uh, which was really good to see. I was kind of surprised when I looked at the looked at the box score at halftime and saw he only had six points because it felt like he kind of picked up where Giddy left off in terms of his aggression in the paint. Yeah, I thought his his drive and kick game was working really well tonight as well. Trey's was. Uh, my next note from the second quarter just says Wiggins is a dude. He's a mini Kenrich. If he doesn't make it on this team, if eventually he he loses his spot to like a a future number eight pick or something like that. He's going to be a trade chip with value. Like this guy can just flat out play. He's awesome, dude. He does a little bit of everything. And that note came whenever somebody drove to the basket. It might have been Wiggins. I can't remember if it was Wiggins or not. Missed a bucket. Wiggins gets a rebound, put back, misses, fights over Aaron Gordon for a second yep. rebound, puts it up and in. And I was just like, holy crap. Like this dude just it did works look his like Kenrich. It looked just like Kenrich. Yeah. It was awesome to see. Um, and then towards the end of the second quarter, I noted that free throws had started to become an issue. Thunder lose the second quarter, 25 to 29. So they go in the half up five 
third quarter starts, and I said the difference in aggressiveness and physicality and giddy from November to now is absolutely staggering. I mean, he was bodying up Aaron Gordon. He was fighting for rebounds. He was pushing guys around. Jo- they got something special brewing with Josh Giddy. I mean, and the way he hits the glass right now, imagine when this dude's like 25 and actually had, like develops into his body and puts on muscle. I think Dagnall said preseason they expect uh, Giddy and his frame to be able to put on like another, I want to say it was something wild, like 40 pounds, but that might be overselling I, it a For bit. some reason, Regardless. I'm remembering 20 to 25, but still. That makes more sense. If Giddy ends up 245, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Crazy. Um, it felt like Denver took a bit of a control of the game at the start of the third quarter, uh, and they briefly got a lead, but I said, OKC responds right afterwards. Shea started cooking. It resulted in an 8-0 run for OKC after they went down by two. At one point in the third quarter, the free throw discrepancy was at 23-8. to eight. Just a <laughs> massive free throw discrepancy. Same story as that Sacramento game. I think Denver had missed as many free throws as OKC had taken or tonight attempted. overall. Yeah. Um, I said, so 23 to eight free throw discrepancy, but it was a good thing. Denver was missing them, right? That's what kind of kept the, the gap in the game. <laughs> I don't even know what happened, but my next note just says Shea is so damn good. It was probably <laughs> that wherever he like put Aaron Gordon in the blender, hit a bucket and Gordon just like shook his head down the court. Yeah. That mid range shot. That was absurd. Yep. He, uh, even initiated, I don't, yeah, he initiated a little contact. Uh, I think Gordon played off him enough that it wasn't, it was a good no call. Uh, and that elite ability to be able to create space like that and then pull up on a dime is just yeah unreal. Insane. Towards the end of the third quarter, J dub had this massive, like back down two footed dunk, which was, not normal of him. It was like a post-up dunk. And he lets out a big scream. Felt like he let out a lot of frustration with that one. He just he seemed like a very frustrated guy tonight. Couldn't get anything going. Thunder take a seven-point lead into the fourth quarter. We're at the start of the fourth. The defense is a little stagnant. Um, but I put Giddy really started to feel it, especially um after and my next note is all about Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe with a big time steal and save. Then he catches a pass in the corner. Um, drives to the basket, drops off a little bounce pass to a cutting giddy who double clutches, turns around, goes reverse righty over his shoulder and finished it. And I was just like, man, this guy's in his bag tonight. <laughs> Absolutely in his bag. Taylor, the next one. Maybe the most positive thing I'll ever say. <laughs> Basley had a really nice pass. Darius Basley with the pass of his career. <laughs> that led to an Isaiah Joe three, which I thought was a pivotal moment in this game. Yep. The play comes off of kind of a, a busted play. Uh, Josh drives and kicks to Baisley. Baisley jab steps one way, drives left. And I was like, seen this story before. I know exactly what's coming. <laughs> Some wild ass closed eyes layup that either rockets off the glass or gets blocked. He Goes left, takes two dribbles, goes up, draws the defense, and then double clutch and in midair kicks a pass to a wide-open Isaiah Joe in the corner who buries the three. I am not exaggerating when I say I think it is the best heads-up decision I have seen Darius Baisley make on the floor in his career. An incredible pass. 
I was like, that is what they want from you, Darius. Yep. That is it right there. You did it. <laughs> we'll see if it happens again. Um, I felt, I just felt like that was a massive, massive play. Um, Dort comes back with five minutes left, uh, makes a bad offensive decision immediately off of a drive. A few possessions later, Dort catches a pass, tries to drive, backs it back out, takes a few dribbles, and just pulls up pulls for it. three. That was ugly. Um, really, really poor offensive decision-making from Lou Dort, really all night tonight. Um, the game starts to get really ugly down the stretch. Denver just cannot make free throws. Giddy checks back in with two minutes left. Jamal Murray hits a three with a minute 40 to go, cuts the game to one. Um, the Thunder end up being up by two. Um, I forget who goes to the line. They miss two free throws. Oh, uh, Zeke. Um, no, because somebody missed two free throws, and then Zeke Najee gets a rebound, gets fouled, goes to the line, makes both free throws. It is a tie game with what was left, Taylor, like 30 seconds, I think, because yep. there's going to be six seconds between game, shot clock, uh, game clock and shot clock. The Thunder run an out-of-timeout play uh, just that just garbage. gets blown up. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought it got killed. They had to have expected the Shea double. He yep. kicks it out to Josh. Uh, no, he kicks it out to Joe, who swings it to Josh. And Josh just kind of froze with Zeke Najiana. It was like he was trying to trying to like line up if he wanted to take the three and then he acted like, also he, looked like he was dribble. maybe looking for Shay. Like, can I get the ball back to him? And uh, it got really weird. And then he handed it back to Isaiah Joe who got who doubled, doubled on the sideline, almost stepped out of bounds. So the Thunder kind called a timeout. Uh, yeah. the, the Denver, the Nuggets did a really good job there of utilizing the the sideline as a third defender. And yeah, 100%. They don't use that, that last timeout. Yeah. I was also, screaming you missed at the, my TV. Uh, the Karen Williams three. There with like 140 oh, left. I thought that was another yeah, pivotal moment. Massive, like Matt, huge Joe, by Josh Gary to make Spacely. that read, you know, yeah. to, to Kenrich. But yeah, so um, 11 seconds left in the game, five seconds left on the shot clock. The Thunder running an out of timeout play. Love this, this one play. is beautiful where Isaiah Joe uh, sets a back screen for Shea, who starts to cut right. Um, Aaron Gordon blitzes under the screen to try to beat Shea to the spot. And I, I think the play design was for Shea to start coming right and then cut and then back cut across the, the face yep. of Aaron Gordon. Catches the ball in the mid-range. Aaron Gordon is turning around. Shea gives him the head fake. Boom. Gordon doesn't bite, but it gets him off balance just enough for Shea to hit a little leaning bank shot. It's a tough go shot. Up two, uh, with about nine seconds left to go in the game. And then we get the Dorcher Chamber. Everybody who watches NBA basketball, knew Jamal Murray wanted to get to that step back. 100%. And Lou Dort, first, Jamal Murray almost turned the ball over on the inbound. Shea cheated over and almost got it. And then Jamal Murray tried to step back on Lou, who stayed with him, tried to drive past him to the bucket, and Lou just used his barrel chest to push him out of the way. Jamal tries every move in the book, ends up with a really crappy fadeaway that's not even close. Thunder win towards his body by to three. avoid contact. Yeah. Uh, avoid the foul. It was for as bad of a night that Lou had great defensive possession down the stretch there. It reminded me Taylor, a lot of um, the second game against Portland where Lou locked up Dame at the end yep. uh, to prevent the game winning shot. And that game very reminiscent to that one where he uh, guarded LeBron in a similar situation as well. Because so mm-hmm. like some of the Dorcher t- Chamber highlights that come to mind, definitely. So that's a long time of talking. 
<laughs> let's talk some big takeaways. It was a fun game. One. Yeah. Let's talk some big takeaways. What do you got? Anything? Hmm. I, I know do. you didn't get to watch a ton of the game, but. Well, at, thankfully, I got to see the majority of the second half. I caught like the first half of the first quarter <laughs> and then like the first couple of minutes of the second and then finally got to see the majority of the second half. I'm trying to decide if I want to go with like the good stuff with players or go towards a, a more of a negative with stats. But free throws are just like a glaring discrepancy here. Past two games have been massive. Yes, but with Sacramento, exactly. On Friday night, now again tonight against the Nuggets. Kind of interesting. We saw a lot of this early on this season. There's the now, not infamous, that's maybe, again, overselling it a little bit, but um, kind of went viral there when we tweeted out Daynault's comments earlier in the season about why the, the th- how the Thunder aren't getting calls, even though they lead the lead in drives, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of got a little better after that, and now we're starting to see it again. Um, 14 of 16 from the free throw line for the Thunder, which is pretty fantastic in terms of efficiency. Yeah, conversion rate. It's awesome. But 16 attempts to the Nuggets, 17 makes. <laughs> Nuggets were 17 of 33, only yeah. 50% essentially from the free throw line. It's just insane. I'm curious, Jacob, what are you seeing? Um, why do you think the Thunder aren't get, haven't been getting the call the last two games here? That's a great question because tonight the Thunder just relentlessly attacked the basket in the first half. I mean, they had like 30-something points in the paint in the first half. They just they lived at the rim. They're getting into the teeth of the defense where those fouls are supposed to get called. It feels like Shea has had a lot that aren't getting whistled. Um, it's strange. I don't know. Like, I don't think that the, the Nuggets got a like a favorable whistle as far as like, oh, the Nuggets are getting foul calls that aren't really fouls. I thought most of them were fouls. It's just at the other end, it's not being reciprocated. Right. You know, That's and, and so. And I get some of it. I think if you looked at the shot, and I haven't pulled it up. If you looked at the shot chart tonight, I mean, players like Josh Giddy are technically scoring in the paint, but they aren't getting to the rim like Shea is. And if you only have like one player truly, and I shouldn't say just one, but for the most part, it was Shea leading the charge in, in regards to attacking the rim. I could see maybe that having a little but again, like that's such a huge discrepancy. I, I it's just kind of strange, especially now that we've seen it two games in a row. Totally agree. Um, is that a theme for two games? Don't know. Um, hopefully it doesn't continue Wednesday night, <laughs> but we will see. We will yep. see. Um, one of my big takeaways, Taylor, is just the Thunder defense. They, I think, are like fourth in defensive efficiency since the the turn of the new year. And it just continues to trend upwards. I mean, they are doing this, like we said, without any bigs. Kenrich Williams playing center for them. And their best lineup. <laughs> Tonight, they, they had Kenrich Williams against Zeke Naji and J-Dub against Aaron Gordon. Uh, and they survived. You know, I mean, Aaron Gordon didn't live at the free throw line, but missed like 70% of them. <laughs> but... Just their their attention to detail on that end, I think specifically like Josh Giddy's defense and his ability to be more physical, he's hands down the best rebounder on the team. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, hands down. And I it's it's awesome that he can do that. Um makes you ready to get guys like JRE and Poku and back yeah. and then Chet eventually. Um, we'll talk about Chet here in a little bit. 
But just the defense has really jumped off the page. I mean, they've been so good defensively. It's been really, really I love impressive. that. And to your point, it's not just the Lou Dortz or the Kendrick Williams or the Aaron Wiggins. When you think like the Thunder's quote-unquote best defenders, you know, we've already talked a lot this season about Shea's uh, improved effort on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, and, and we saw some of that again tonight. Like you mentioned, the deflection, the almost deflection there on the last play of the game. Um, I also think of players like you mentioned, Josh Giddy. There's that play, I can't remember, I think it was the fourth quarter, where, yeah, it was right before he got subbed out for a little rest. Uh, Giddy it, it played some great defense. I can't even remember who had the ball. It might have been Gordon, uh, which allowed Kenrich to come over and, and trap whoever it was that had the ball, which led to, I believe, a, a turnover before Giddy was subbed out. Um, and then Isaiah Joe as well. You mentioned this. You tweeted about this, Jacob. But Isaiah Joe's effort on the defensive end of the floor. Oh, it's man. not like he's a knockdown defender by any means or lockdown defender, but his effort that he brings – uh, his basketball IQ on that end of the floor is so high that at least a really good team defense, yeah, even if he's smaller and lacks some of the size of the guys I mentioned earlier. So it, it's really from the the top down. It's not just like you mentioned that some of the, you know, some defense is really good because, for example, you have like Rudy Gobert. Those jazz lineups uh, looked great because Rudy Gobert was blocking shots. Uh, great defensive ratings. It's, that's not really the case is what I'm getting at with this Thunder team. Totally, totally. Um, it's a cultural thing. It's a buy-in thing. I mean, Isaiah Joe is playing his ass off on that end. Josh Giddy is really competing. I think I don't know if this is the play you're referencing, but in the first quarter, there was a play where Josh Giddy meets Aaron Gordon at the summit and forces a jump ball. Thunder lose the jump ball, but still, that type of effort. Um, dudes just digging in, tipping rebounds three, four, five times. Um, Darius Baisley, I thought, played really good defense tonight. Yep, had a had huge a block on Aaron block. Gordon. Yeah. Um, just... Really, really interesting stuff. Not really a takeaway from this game, Taylor. And we can kind of start to transition here because I got a lot that I want to talk about tonight. I don't know if you want to talk about the same stuff. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I um, like the list, definitely. The, the, the chat, someone in the chat, uh, Meek in the chat, brings up a point that I've been thinking a lot about lately. I don't want to be this guy. But I feel like as a Thunder podcast that has a, a decently sized following, we wear blue and orange colored glasses a lot. We're fans. I feel like we have to talk about this. Okay. It's kind of the elephant in the room. It's it's kind of the cop out, but we have to talk about it. The Thunder are now, uh, what, 23 and 24, nearly 500. They're playing awesome. They're a blast to watch. Tonight, no MPJ, no Jokic. The pay against the Pacers, no Tyrese Halliburton. The Nets, no Kevin Durant. The Bulls, no DeMar DeRozan. Sixers were healthy. Everyone played. Against Miami, <laughs> Miami, playing dudes like from Section 301. Right? Like they, they were down to everybody. <laughs> um, I believe that went at home against the Mavericks on the 8th no was Luka. no Luka. Uh, the win at home on Friday the 6th against the Wizards, no Beal. Um, the the loss against the Magic, the Magic had everybody. Um, the, win, the, the blowout win against Boston on the 3rd, uh, I believe Boston no had everybody. No Tatum oh. played that night. Uh, okay. No Robert Williams. Uh, yeah, I got you. He was hurt. Okay. But how much of this is the Thunder are really good versus how much of it is 
the Thunder are playing teams without their guys. Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? Like, is yeah. this Thunder team as good as we think they are? Because of uh, of the the amount of players that have been out against them, I'm not. I I don't think teams are sitting guys against the Thunder intentionally. Oh, it's just the Thunder. We can beat them. I I I I can't buy into that anymore. The Thunder play too good. I maybe the Thunder are just getting lucky on like injuries in, injuries and and the schedule and whatnot. But you can't deny that they've played a lot of teams who are missing some of their core pieces and winning those games. And at some point, you have to ask, if those guys were playing, are the Thunder 23 and 24? Or are they 20 and 27, 19 and 28? Um, and, and creeping closer towards a, a top five or six lottery pick instead of um, right there in the mix with everybody else for... <laughs> I mean, it's the West. You go one night, you don't even play, yeah. and you go from For example, to tonight, sixth. somebody just put in our chat, um, the Nets just beat the Warriors, so now mm-hmm. Thunder are only .5 games away. That was Meek also. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the, the West is jumbled up every night, but what do you make of this, Taylor? Yeah, uh, that's actually not the angle I thought you were, just based off Meek's comment. Uh, I was going to say, well, you probably should throw out KD, you should probably throw out... Um, Halliburton and throw out Bill because we know those were, were legit injuries. Uh, but I, I like where you're going with this. Like, is this, and I think what we're seeing, and there's kind of a two part answer to this one, the thunder, the way that they're playing is sustainable. For example, they have what they're a top net rating in the league right now. at like, I don't even know where they, they currently rank. It was top 10, wasn't it? For the net rating for the season? No, not for the season, but for the, it was like, since the beginning of the year um i'm trying to I, recall I, a stat from i i will i will pull the stat up while you talk <laughs> okay well regardless we talk about their defense we th- talk about uh, their defense sustainability the lineups that they're throwing out there playing small i mean look it's not just the teams that the thunder are playing the thunder have been without like you mentioned poku jre obviously chet but we're not going to count that he hasn't played this season um i mean the thunder have had their fair share of injuries as well shoot they even won that one game without shay here not too long ago. So when he was sick, so all that being said, you know, and, and kind of the other part to this, this answer or the other part of this question, is kind of like a, what's something you would hear from Dignall. You can only like play the guys in front of you. you. You know, you can't control that. All you can do is just go out there, play your hardest, play your, your brand of basketball. And that's what the Thunder are doing. And so, you know, you can pull up like the Sixers game, for example, where they were full strength and see that this, you know, the style of play is sustainable against some of the best teams in the league. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, for example, we saw the Thunder make some mistakes, but they it, it was another very extremely close and competitive basketball game against one of the better teams in the league this season, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I guess we can't really say Kings anymore because no, they're really good, good, man. <laughs> so they've earned the respect. Said, I, I think the Thunder have as well. It's kind of my answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they are, you know, they've gotten quote unquote lucky. I mean, I, there's stars sitting out all over the place. We know the Clippers. Uh, Giannis has been sitting out here and there. I think what's going to lead to is some extremely competitive games. Like you said, the, the series are so close. So come like March, April, there's going to be some must win games for teams like the Warriors and mm-hmm. the Clippers. And I think the Thunder are really going to, going to be able to take advantage of that. They're going to have the team chemistry that these other teams don't have. And that's where things get really, really interesting for this Thunder team. Um, I pulled up a stat. So since January 1, Thunder are third in offensive rating at 121 points per 100 possessions just behind the Nuggets and the Kings. 
They are fourth in defensive rating at 110.6 points per 100 possessions. Uh, net rating, they are third at third. a plus 10.4. They are actually tied for second with the Grizzlies at plus 10.4. Who just uh, had a, a insane comeback against the Suns. Yeah. Just saw a, a tweet about it. It's, I think it was like 31 points they came back from or 29 or something like they that. They lost though, didn't they? Oh, they, they might have ended. Well, they sorry. lost by two. They came lost back, by two, but they came back losing. but lost. Uh, Denver is ahead of OKC as far as net rating is concerned. 12.5 total net rating. Um, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, you can only play the guys in front of you, right? Uh, people in the chat are mentioning things like, you know, the Thunder are without any sort of big. No Poku, no JRE. Um Jang has been out. We'll talk about Jang in, in a moment here. So the Thunder are also disadvantaged. But on the flip side, when those guys are injured, you get more Kenrich. You get more Mike Muscala. You get more guys with experience playing as well, uh, which helps you win games. True. The Thunder are kind of finding something with this small ball, man. 100%. And it's it's really fascinating. It's going to be interesting to see how they balance that whenever guys like JRE and Poku are back. But I don't know. It's it's something that it, it's happened too many times that now I have to think about it. Like, are the Thunder this good, or are they just beating teams who have injured guys? And I don't think it's a one way or the other answer. I think it's a gray area, falls somewhere in the middle. Um, but regardless, this Thunder team's starting to believe. You can just see it. the The way they're playing, the way they're starting games. The way they're attacking opponents, they, the way they, they're able to sustain runs and, and swings from and bounce back to their teams. Thir- yep. Started the third quarter tonight. Another prime example. I mean, they've just—they are gr- literally growing up before our eyes, and it's really awesome to see. You have any more thoughts on this topic? I don't think so. All it's right. Well, we just mentioned Usman Jang. Uh, he was available tonight, Taylor. Played in the I G League last night. Got called up today. The G League game was down in Austin. Wow. They flew him up to Denver. Got called up. Flew him to Denver. He was on the bench, dressed out, available to play tonight. But did not play. Um, Darius basically got those minutes instead. Do we see Us play this week? I, I really think so. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I saw that tweet that he was available tonight. And thought he was for sure going to play because to that point, I didn't realize that he, they were in Austin uh, playing the the Spurs G League affiliate. But even then, like just flying him out from OKC uh, for tonight, uh, I get it. Regardless, even if he didn't play tonight, I thought he was going to. I don't think you just fly him out there to be on that road trip. If or are they home next game? Yeah, they oh. they are off two games. They're, they're not two games, two nights. two nights. They don't play Monday or Tuesday, home. and they're back home Wednesday. Okay, then, yeah, that's really weird. I guess just to get them the experience with the team, get them some more yeah, reps and warm-ups. strange to me. That's weird. Um, almost they could like, have just flown them to Oklahoma City. Yeah. And, and had them available him hang for, out. So, sorry, I was originally thinking there was one more away game, and then that wouldn't make sense, right? Just yeah. keep them on the, with the team. But, to huh. bring him up and then not play him tonight doesn't make a ton of sense. But I'm with you. I think he plays this week. What does that do to the rotation? Like, from from here until the NBA All-Star break, which is about three weeks away from now, does Oos spend more time getting minutes for the Thunder? Is it more time with the Blue? Does Do the rotations with the Thunder start to change because they start to get him more minutes? Maybe he takes some Baisley minutes. 
Has Baisley earned those minutes and, and Oos shouldn't take them? Does Zeus take minutes from somebody else? Like, what is what does this look like to you moving forward? So that yeah, this is fascinating. And this is something we kind of talked about, right? The the roster crunch. And, and it's not a, a negative term in, in this sense. You know, it's a, it's actually a really good thing. But how does Dagnall truly balance, like, for example, playing a small ball lineup trying to win um, versus getting some of these younger guys minutes once everybody's healthy again? And so I'm going to use the the same filter on NBA stats for this topic as, as well as the next one. But what I did is I went and pulled up the just the month of January. The Thunder have played 11 games. Um, obviously, they've only lost three during that time span. That's and insane. It, yeah, Eight, absolutely insane. In but I, I filtered by minutes per game. This is this was the hard month, by the way. Yeah, right. Exactly. A hard part of the schedule. It, it, it quote unquote, gets easier. Um, but I'm looking at minutes game role, minutes per game played. Uh, I'm seeing guys like Lindy Waters. He, he's played eight the 11 games, which is interesting, averaging 10 minutes per game. Obviously, some minutes could probably go there. Uh, Baisley, you mentioned only six games played, but in those games he's played, he's averaging 14 minutes. Um, Jalen Williams, kind of similar, seven games, 15 minutes. Aaron Wiggins, very similar, nine games, the most of that group, but 15 minutes. My point is, whichever one one of those players are kind of getting those minutes, it seems to be that there's about 15 minutes available off the bench. Uh, you also look at players like Mike Pascala, who is getting about 16 minutes per game, Omar Rui, 16 minutes per game, and, and limited games played. Trey Mann kind of falls in that category. I think you'll kind of see Oos get some of the minutes of the Aaron Wiggins, Jay Will, Baisley, Waters group, uh, and see a lot of those guys, uh, maybe more of those guys, get DMPs at once. Uh, and then maybe even if he's playing well, eat into some of the minutes of like the Mike Muscala's, Trey Mann's, and Omar Ruiz. It's kind of yeah. where I'm seeing him fit in. I think that makes sense. Um if he's healthy, if he's good to go, I want to see him get burned with the big team. Enough Agreed. G League minutes. Man, I mean, can you imagine like some of these lineups where you're essentially playing like no true big and you're throwing Usman out there just to mm-hmm. space the floor? And I mean, he's obviously has a lot of uh, room to grow defensively. So you probably get burnt a little bit and we might not see that kind of lineup, but just the idea of it is fascinating. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, before the injury, he was cooking the G League. Like he had like three or four straight games where it's like flirting with triple doubles, scoring 20 plus points, shooting 50% from three. And it was like, okay, yeah, he's graduated, right? Yep. He's graduated from the G League. They called him up. That's when the wrist fracture happens and he has to sit out. I think if that wrist fracture didn't happen, he was coming up to get regular rotation minutes with the Thunder, a la the, the Trey Mann experience from last year. 100%. I really, really thought that's that's what was happening there. The injury obviously sets them back. Uh, I wonder if now they just continue on like normal uh, and, and plug him in like they were going to. That's going to be fascinating. I've been thinking about this recently, Taylor. I think just collectively, Thunder fans have kind of been out of sight, out of mind with Usman Jang. It's the talk of like, ooh, do they need to go trade for OG and Anobi? Yep. Uh, that's that's like Thunder fans here, and they're not going to trade for anybody. I don't I don't <laughs> think any trades happening. Do they need trade for Ananobi? Do they need trade for John Collins? Uh, should they take like Cam Whitmore in the draft, trade up to get their starting four? I mean, they traded three firsts for this kid. Great point. This kid now, could be your starting four. Moving they forward. traded three firsts to be able to keep their other first right after, which was J Dub. So essentially, they traded three firsts for. Being able to draft J-Dub and Oost, but still, yeah. the point is still accurate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? This, this <laughs> could be... 
(laughs) (laughs) We've got OG at home. I love it. Um, This could be your starting four. 100%. You know, I mean, I, who knows who they get in this draft next year, 2024. They have four first. So many picks. Hey, let me tell you something. I would be lying to you if I haven't thought about what J Dub's younger brother would look like on this team. That kid <laughs> Cody can ball. Williams. Yeah, he's number a, six he's overall in the, in the country. His final year, he's going to go play at the University of Colorado. He's a little bit bigger, leaner, more athletic than J Dub. Could you imagine those two playing on the same team together, dude? I'm in. I want it so bad. All the Williams. I want it so bad. That'd be so cool. Um, but I mean, you took Jang 11th overall. Like, if you told me 14 months from now, the starting lineup without injuries is Shea, Josh, Dub, Jang, Chet, like, I wouldn't call you crazy. Yeah. And that's so much length. Yeah, that I, if if Jang puts it together, there's just so much there. The passing, the size, the length, the defensive versatility. I mean, we talked Even whenever Jang was playing. Yeah, the three-pointers coming along and his ability to just swallow guys up on the perimeter is incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. Like, if he bulks up a little bit, he's going to be, I don't know, maybe he is OG Ananobi. <laughs> <laughs> but better. I, I I don't know. I'm excited though. I I'm excited for the the reinsertion of Usman Jang. Hoping we get JRE soon. Hopefully we get Poku back at some point. Um, Poku is probably like a, a post All Star break type of return. But it's still fun. I'm, I'm glad yeah. Us is healthy. I I'm ready to see him get more burn with this team. We got a lot of comments in the chat, guys. We will get to you, I promise. Taylor, let's move on to our next topic. We got to talk about our guy, Chet Holmgren, and this New York Times article. Did you read this? I did, and there's some really, really good quotes, I think, from here. Yeah, I. a lot of stuff jumped out to me on it. It's just awesome to read about Chet because like, he hasn't been like made very available. Um We'll start with you on just some of your thoughts. If you have a quote you want to pull, I, I think you're pulling it up now. You yep. have a quote you want to pull, something you want to talk about, something that jumped out from that to you. Uh, let's chat about it. Cool. Sorry. I'm scrolling and trying to uh, trying to find it. But essentially, so there, there's a larger part to this quote. Maybe you have it, Jacob, because um, I'm just seeing the tweet here, and I didn't save the screenshot that I actually wanted to save. But he said, basically, he's talking about how the Thunder currently, and shoot, we've seen this the past two games, um, and this came out, what was it? I think Friday, um, it was before the Thunder played Sacramento. They've now played Sacramento and Denver in two very, very close games. Uh, and he basically, and Chet was essentially talking about how, like, look, I'm watching these games from the bench. I'm seeing what's going on. We're competitive every single night. If we're, we're losing games, it's only by three, four, five points. Um, so, like, I don't have to come out and be, you know, this number two overall Superman pick. He, he said, I don't have to try and come in and be Superman. I just have to figure out how to make this team five points better and then keep building from there. Again, the full quote was much well <laughs> worded than, than what I threw out there, but essentially saying we're losing games by four points. All yeah, here, here's the, here's the, the direct quote. We're winning games at the buzzer. We're losing games at the buzzer. He said, we're winning games by four points. We're losing games by four points. It's not like we're getting 
uh, beat by 30 points. I don't have to try to come in and be Superman. I just have to figure out how to help make this team five points better and keep building from there. Prestigist. Beaming ear to ear reading that. Dude. <laughs> Presty took He's the so whole bottle of blue chew after that one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the epitome of why Presty loves Chet Holmgren right there. Yep. Right there. He just wants to come in and make the team better. I mean, I remember Presty talking about them going and watching Chet practice with Gonzaga and being the youngest guy there, being the freshman, and just what type of teammate he was, knowing he was this highly, like, number one overall recruit, guy going to go number one or number two overall, all this stuff, but how he didn't want to stand out. He wanted to be part of the team. And that quote just exemplifies that to me. I, yeah. I I absolutely love it. One part of this thing that I really love, Taylor, was towards the very beginning, it talks about how – I'm trying to find it here. I think um, – I was going to mention this as well. I'm pretty sure this is what you're alluding to. Um, basically about like in hindsight playing in the Pro-Am. Oh, so I, was, against- I wasn't going that far with it. It was um, – Instead of returning home to, to spend a few months with his friends and family in Minneapolis or moving into his new home in Oklahoma City, Holmgren returned to Los Angeles where he trained before the draft. Quote, I was trying to find every great player I could hoop against because at the end of the day, if I want to be as good as I'm trying to be, those guys, uh, those are the guys I'm going to have to look in the eye with on a nightly basis for the next 10 seasons. I love that confidence. I'm a 10-year yeah. vet, baby. So I was just, so I was just kind of trying list. to go down the list. That's awesome. Talks about how he played against DeMar DeRozan, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, uh, Joel Embiid, Embiid, uh, who, who, quote, he reportedly blocked several times in one session. And so many guys talked so glowingly about him over the summer. I, this was fun because it's the first time we've really got anything from Chet, like at all this season since the initial surgery. I'm just so excited to finally get this guy back, Taylor. And I, I truly, truly think he is going to change the entire complexion of this team. He's going to move the ceiling of this team up so much higher. Uh, and this was just shout out to the New York Times for getting the the yeah. the interview, the interview and, yeah. because the Thunder are like, I don't know, uh, what's They're kind like? of sticklers. <laughs> Yeah, the, in a the good fun, way. There's a little protective, very protective, and so to to let him get out there and and have those conversations is is awesome. I absolutely love to hear from Chet and just seeing. Yeah, I agreed. We as selfishly as Thunder fans, we kind of been robbed of getting some Chet insight, like we would have gotten had he played this season, and just getting his, like you said, his mindset. I think the quotes we've mentioned really have uh, kind of exemplified that. But one other that stood out to me here. I mean, the best way, and again, just. Very Thunder-esque, which I love. He said, I mean, the best way to learn that fire's hot is to get burned. I don't think anyone can replace playing this year. I don't think anybody could convince me of that. But at the end of the day, I could let this be a blessing or a curse, you know? So I just got to figure out how to turn it into a blessing, how to make the most out of it. And I think that just kind of exemplifies who Chet is as a player and as a person. Um, I'm really, really excited <laughs> for him to get back on the basketball floor. 100%. There's one more quote I wanted to mention. Um Sorry, this is horrible podcasting. I should have had this pulled up <laughs> before. 
there's part where he talks about how he questions he questioned everything after the injury. I think young people just kind of do that. Um, oh, where is it at? It's about Mark Dagnall and watching this guy, um, this guy being Chet, like sit on the side and how he wants to run through a run through a brick wall. Um, he spends every day at the facility, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., rehabbing, lifting weights, tweaking his jumper. Um, he's taken up residency in the film room, it says. Uh, here we go. Here it is. Quote from Mark. The more he's exposed to the competitive experience, whether it's shooting in pregame warmups or being on the bench for lineup announcements, uh, when you watch him in those situations, you can tell he's ready to run through a wall. But he can't. Not yet. Not yet. And just the how, how driven he is to to get back. I just, I love it. I love yep. it. Speaking of him being driven to get back and help this team get better by five points, this team is on the precipice of the playoffs, Taylor. That's We've wild. talked about it a little bit, but I think it's time that we look at standings. The Thunder, as of this exact moment, are 11th in the West, right on the outside of the play-in picture. They are 10 games behind first place. But so is Golden State and so is Utah. The Thunder are actually tied with Golden State, 23 and 24, both. The Jazz have played two more games. They're 24 and 25. Um, The Wolves and the Suns are at 500, so they are a half game ahead of Oklahoma City. Uh, So the Thunder are technically a half game out of seven. They're a full game out of the Clippers, who are 25 and 24, and a game and a half away from the Mavericks at number five, who are 25 and 23. Crazy. Right on the Thunder's heels, the Blazers, uh, who are currently playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Is that correct? Yeah, I I think they finished up, and the Blazers kind of blew them out of the gym, is what I was seeing prior to us podcasting. Um, So this (laughs) has an updated... No, no, opposite. Sorry, I was wrong. Lakers came back, and Lakers win 121 to 112. Wow. Okay, so so this is correct then. Um, The Blazers are a full game behind the Thunder, the Lakers are a game and a half behind the Thunder. And then after that, you got the Spurs who are uh, in the dumpster. Taylor, is this team making the plan? It's hard to say no. Uh, it really, really is. I I just, I look at that grouping of teams that you mentioned. And again, I already kind of mentioned this stat, but uh, you look at the, the Mavericks, three and seven of their last 10. Clippers four and four of six of their last ten. Suns four of six. Jazz five and five. Uh, Warriors four and six. Those are all the teams above the Thunder. Uh, outside the Timberwolves, who have the same record of in, of their last ten games played as the Thunder seven and three. My point being that, like, are the Thunder on a bit of a hot streak? Maybe, or maybe they're just playing really good sustainable basketball uh, while these other teams are either sitting players, injured, bang up, banged up. Uh, in the Clippers case, like I don't see them really having the synergy to rattle off a bunch of games in a row uh, that they're going to need Kawhi and PG to play more than, you know, play consecutive games. <laughs> I don't know if that'll happen. Obviously the Mavericks have been banged up. Um, we'll see if they can get back to full health, but the Suns have really struggled this year. We don't know what the jazz are going to do. And then there's this huge wrench that gets thrown to everything here in about two and a half weeks. The trade deadline. Yeah, trade deadline. Yep. And that's where you can see teams like the jazz fall out. Um, 100 percent clippers would hurt another i mean it's let me all, let me give crazy. you some stats taylor remaining strength of schedule the clippers third most difficult in the league minnesota fourth most difficult in the league 
Warriors, ninth most difficult. Portland, 11th. Phoenix, 13th. Denver, 14th. Lakers, 15th. Jazz, 16th. Dallas, 17th. Then we get down here to Oklahoma City, who per tankathon.com have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the league. We mentioned that this is the difficult part, Taylor, this month, and they are, what, 8-3 and this month? The last three of this season is Atlanta, Cleveland, Golden State. After that, the run up to the All-Star break from February 1 to February 15. You ready for this? Rockets, Rockets, Dubs, Lakers, Portland, Pelicans, Rockets. I look at that. You play the Warriors in the Bay. That's probably a loss. Yep. The Pelicans in, what is that, about three weeks from now? Uh, We'll have Brandon Ingram back, might have Zion back. That's a hard game. That one is at home. Besides that, you have three Rockets games, a Portland game, and a Lakers game. Pretty winnable. Now, AD might be back. We did talk a lot about the injuries of you know that uh, te- that teams have had or the players sitting uh, that the Thunder have played during this tougher stretch. But regardless, there's a lot of winnable games there. One hundred percent. And then it's really interesting as we get later into March. There's a stretch where they play Suns, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers in a five game stretch. Ooh. Four of those being away. All of those teams kind of being clumped together right now. That's a hell of a stretch. Very. That's a hell of a. That's going to be. That might be make or break because that is, that stretch is one week, two. That stretch is two and a half weeks away from the end of the season. That will be a fun one to follow. Like you said, that that might be the the stretch of games that decides the play. Decides yeah. the play in for sure. Yeah. Huh. All right. I'm going to say yes. It's time for you to put your money where your mouth is. Oh, I also, one other stat I wanted to mention. Uh, 538 has their uh, predictions that they update um, after every game. The Thunder currently projected to finish 39 and 43, a 23% chance to make the playoffs. Um, Western Conference teams that they are ahead of would be Rockets, uh, Rockets, Spurs, Blazers, Lakers, and then Thunder. So that would, they have the Thunder currently at the 10th seed, um, one game behind the Wolves, two games behind the Clippers, three games behind the Jazz. Interesting. So 10th seed, that put them in. Um, that would. So the question is, Taylor, are the Thunder playing an 83rd game this season? Yes. I think they're playing an 83rd game in the play-in. I... I don't know. Maybe it's a hedge to say that they won't play in 84th. <laughs> I'm not sure they advance past that. Um, but I think it's going to be a hell of a game regardless. And I think they will make the plan. I really do. Uh, unless we just see an ultimate tank job by Sam Presley. I don't, they, we aren't going to see that. It's too late. Um, he, he's truly letting this team declare themselves. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. That for Mark said there the is no timeline. Yep. There is no timeline. The arrival has happened. Could you imagine if they would have pulled out that? That Sacramento game. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they were right there. Close ones. If they would have pulled out that stupid Sacramento game, it would have been a one, two, three, four, five. Tonight would have been six in a row. Crazy, insane. 
Before we cut to break, and we're just going to do a little bit of around the association, we got to make some predictions. Only two games on the slate this week, Taylor. Boo. Both home games. The Thunder have the next two nights off. That means we have the next two nights off. <laughs> Until Wednesday, they play at home against the Atlanta Hawks. If you remember, the Thunder won their last meeting in Atlanta. Trey Young has been on the struggle bus all year long. Taylor, what is your prediction for Wednesday night? W. Like you said, the, the Hawks are struggling, bad chemistry issues. You never know. I get a little worried at close to trade deadline time because you'll see the John Collins who are throwing out trade rumors. They'll just pop for a huge game. Uh, I think that when the Thunder example, played him the last time, there was no Clint Capella as well. Is that right? Oh, I think that, that sounds right. Um, I'm not sure how healthy Maybe it was no John honestly. Collins. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure it's going to matter. Uh, but I'm with Rui you. Hachimura, it's a dub. Hachimura had a like 30-piece last night or something like that. Um, so, yeah, W. Darius Baisley in a second for Rui Hachimura. <laughs> there you go. Huh? Hey, we already have better Rui at, uh, at home. Thusma. Hey. <laughs> Friday night, the Thunder are back at the Paycom Center again, that time to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thunder had a close game in Cleveland the last time these two played, but the Cavs won. Uh, Mitchell has been injured. I think he will probably be ready to go by the end of the week. Maybe not. Um, what is your thoughts on that Cleveland game? I'm filling an L against Cleveland, which means it's probably going to be the complete opposite. It's kind of way, the way my predictions have gone. Um, I get the number right, and then it's like the games are completely switched. But I'm going to go with an L. I, I, I'm thinking Mitchell will be back, even if he's not. We saw Mobley have a really good game in his absence. Here and the last time last the Thunder or- played the the Cavs, I don't know if you remember this, it was like a hell of a Poku game. The, oh, the, ca- the Cavs are going to start Allen and Mobley. Thunder can't, the Thunder Thunder can't get away ball. with with Kenrich and J Dub there. No, like I just don't all. think they can. Also, Allen and uh, specifically Evan Mobley are so great. Well, <laughs> Mobley hasn't been as great this year as I thought he was going to be. But switching out uh, on the perimeter and being able to guard multiple positions, mm-hmm. which is huge. Definitely, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break, and then we're just going to do a fast around the association, Taylor. Sound cool. good? All right, so we will be back in just a moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we are back. It's time for the best sounder of the day, Taylor. No sounders with, with Silva gone today. It's uh, true. It's leaving Sad. me feeling a little empty inside. Here we go. Psych. This is what happens when you have no Silva. <laughs> Jacob doesn't know how to work the sounders. <laughs> I don't even know where you sit, Natalie. <laughs> All right, we've been talking about the trade deadline. So that's why I'm talk what I want to talk about on this around the association. Taylor, what teams need to make a move? What teams will make a move either to make their, themselves better or worse? Uh, let's draft this. Cool. Let's like do, that. let's do, you want to do six teams or eight teams? Uh, I'm good with either. Wanna let's go eight. eight. Let's yeah. go eight. Um, we will do eight teams. Well. Uh, do you want to draft first or second? We're not going to snake it. We're just going to go back and forth. I'll go first. Okay. I have one I'll, I'm already thinking of. All right, so this is a <laughs> team who awesome. we think is going to make a trade at the deadline. It could be to make themselves better or worse. Who are you going with? For that very reason, I'm going with the one. On, honestly, I think it's most obvious to me, the Tor- Toronto Raptors. They've been in, that is the one team you read anything deadline related. It, it's weird. There's not been very many rumors leading up to this deadline like there has been in previous seasons. But one consistent that you see constantly, and again, like it doesn't take reading an article to see, it's pretty obvious the Raptors are going to have to do something. Whether it is to make them better and more competitive in a pretty strong Eastern Conference and trying to make that play-in playoff spot, or whether it's to join the tank for Victor Wimbenyama to, to you know, or, or just a, a really solid um, player and a high pick to add to this young core, they're going to they're kind of at a pivotal point. They're going to have to pivot one one way or the other with some upcoming players about to hit either restricted or unrestricted free agency, uh, up for new contracts. Fred Van Vliet. Gary Trent Jr. Those are a couple of the names that have been thrown out. Obviously, OG Ananobi is the really hot, popular one. Um, are they going to add to that core? Or are they going to kind of tear it down a bit, keep their core guys like maybe a Pascal Siakam, um, you know, Scotty Barnes, and then try and add to that young core in this upcoming draft? So for those reasons, I've got the Raptors as my first. All right. My team, my first pick is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Another great one. They are absolutely primed to make a move. They need to do something, anything. Uh, we know the Jay Crowder situation will probably get hammered out one way or the other. I think they could also cash in some stuff to uh, to make some other moves, try to upgrade their roster to make one final run at this thing. So I'm going Phoenix. I like You're it. Up. This one I'm leaning more on. They are going to make a move to, quote-unquote, make their team worse, as in they have a contributing players that I think they'll probably get rid of and shop and take the best offer for it. Particularly, particularly due to their current standing uh, in the Eastern Conference and also because of a, a, a handful of injuries to their star player, Lomelo Ball, going with the Charlotte Hornets. I think yep. it's likely... I PJ can see Washington Rogier getting moved. I can see Gordon Hayward. Um, people have been talking about Jalen McDaniels, yep. uh, brother of Jaden. Lots of guys out there that could get moved. So, PJ Washington, yep. if they don't want to extend him. That's a good one, Taylor. I like that. My second one, uh, I'm going with another team 
uh, from the West Coast that is desperate. And they've been quiet for too long. <laughs> they cannot help themselves. They are like me when there's a fresh plate of cookies on the table. <laughs> You're fighting every urge, and then you finally give in. The Los Angeles Lakers are going to do something. They're going to do something. Yep, 100%. Will they trade one of the future firsts? I don't know. They'd be smart not to. But this team has shown me time and time again, this not this team, this front office, that they're not smart. They're going to do something. It might be minor, but they are going to do something at the deadline. They'll absolutely do something, um, especially with the, the pressure from LeBron and in clutch. I, I think that's a great one. All right. You're, you're, you're going to be going uh, Western Conference. I'm going Eastern Conference. Yeah, that's not intentional. Like, yeah, not, not right. intentional, but I think it's it's worked really well because we're I think we're covering this good uh, across yes. the league. I'm four down, east, four to go. Again, four to go. I'm going to stay on the East Coast and uh, or not the East Coast, the Eastern Conference, and go with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, another team that just again John Collins always in trade rumors. They're struggling. There's unhappiness in the locker room. There's tension between the head coach uh, Nate McMillan and uh, and Trey Young, like. I think it's got to be the Hawks, uh, or not got to be, but it, it's certainly a team that's going going to be making a move before the trade deadline. All right. Uh, do I keep the Western Conference theme going here? <laughs> if you got a good one, yeah. I got to take a team that's going to trade away to get worse. Um, so give me the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. The San Antonio really Spurs one. currently 14 and 32. They're four games ahead of the Houston Rockets. That's a pretty big gap. But when you look at it out east, Detroit has 12 wins. The Hornets have 13 wins. The Magic have 17 wins. So the the Spurs, as far as overall standings, are kind of lumped right in with uh, with those other three. I could see a Yaka Purtle move getting made. Um, I could see maybe some other, like a Doug McDermott, some of those other Doug vets. Doug McDermott's a good one. Yep. Um, they're not going to trade either of their really Devin good Vassell young guys, or, yeah. Vassell or Kildon Johnson. Um, God, I'd love to have either one of those on the Me Thunder. too. But uh, give me the Spurs making some some moves, shipping out some vets for some assets here at the deadline. One more like, piece, Taylor. I like that one a lot. Okay, I'm uh, switching up the, the Eastern Western Conference thing here. I'm going to the Western Conference with a team not too far away from the San Antonio Spurs, the Dallas Mavericks. We saw Luca. I don't have the direct quote, but put a little pressure on the front office for the first time, maybe ever, uh, at least that we know about, uh, at least publicly, you know, stating that like, you know, essentially he would like to see some improvements around the roster. Uh, there's been some interest in THJ. They're kind of strapped right now in regards to assets, but they're going to have to do something to get Luca some help. Um, and I say that they're currently fifth in the West at 25 and 23. That's largely been because of Luca. Like imagine this team, they still had Jalen Brunson. That's a whole other rabbit hole mm-hmm. to go down. Um, but I think they're going to do something to try and kind of refortify the, the supporting cast around Luca. I like that one. My final one. God, it sucks I gotta go last. Everyone's taken. <laughs> uh mm, I will go with the I'm stuck between two. They're both East, Eastern Ooh. Conference, Eastern Coast. I think Philly will make a move. I also think the Knicks will make a move. Give me Philly. Daryl Moore is like always active. They they are kind Just, of at, yep. at the tax. Um, they could ship out a few guys, uh, maybe try to upgrade a spot. Uh, give me the Philadelphia 76ers for my final one. I think that's a great one. Like you said, the Maury, the Maury connection there is, is probably the, the biggest piece. I agree. Okay, you want to take a spin through the comments before we get out of here? Let's do it. 
Awesome. Uh, our first one, Carrie says, love finishing out the night with you guys every weekend. Thanks for what you do. Carrie. The man. Salute. Uh, Hustle on D says, Nane is awesome. Uh, couldn't agree more. She is incredible. Uh, Josh Smalley. I think it's Smalley. If I'm mispronouncing that, Josh, please correct me. Thunder up from Ethiopia. Awesome. That is dope. Joseph is calling for you to take off the chief shirt, put on a Thunder shirt. (laughs) Hey, I have my Thunder shirt on uh, under. Look at you covering all the fandoms. Uh, Let's see. What other ones do we have in here? Uh, Meek says teams are going to need to stop sitting their players against us. Uh, I think they are not. I think people are learning. Always learning. Connor says, great pie. We appreciate that. Um, Danny says, just because opposing stars are out, the second and thirds are playing like they are auditioning for Sam Presti and the Thunder trade machine. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude, I mentioned it earlier. If Aaron Wiggins doesn't make it on this team, if he eventually ends up being one of the guys they got to get rid of, he's got value. He is freaking good. Like you think of 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 the guys kind of at the bottom of this bench. This team is just full of like potential. It's so awesome. Unk bringing the perspective on our uh, our talk that the Thunder have played teams without their guys. He says Thunder have had their guys out too. Uh, yeah, Eamon, Eamon says we're still the thing. youngest team in the league, and we're also without three of our bigs, and we're missing. Uh, they were missing their seven foot Serbian, and so, and so are, are we. we. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Uh, let's see what else we have. Eamon mentions that they won the Boston game without the Shea. That's a, that's a pretty big point. I would agree there. Joseph's telling me it's okay to get excited. <laughs> I'm just guarding my heart, Joseph. Uh, Blaine with some great perspective as well. It's not like JRE and Poku are quote unquote bigs uh, and will change the, the style of play when this team comes back. I think it's an easier adaptation than some think. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Do you like that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a great point. Um, that's kind of the point of this team. We talked a lot about it, like the the plug and play method, right? One guy's out, next guy steps up. Um, you can keep that same brand of basketball regardless of who you're playing, whichever lamps are out on the floor. So yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Eamon agrees with me on my Cody Williams take. So just shout out Eamon there. <laughs> um, he also says rip to all the Poku related bets. Yeah, true. that broken leg kind of ruined it for us all. Uh, people correcting you saying the Lakers won. Get your facts right there. <laughs> Joseph's making a prediction. 43 wins for OKC. Ooh, ooh. That would be 43 and t- 39. It's about to... That'd be insane. That's yeah. 20 wins over there over under preseason. <laughs> uh, that would be record. absolutely wild. And then let's end with this one. Uh, Meek asks, Pirtle trade value predictions. What ooh. do you think he's worth? Uh, Meek asked two first. I don't think they'll get two firsts. I don't either. I think, I think they'll, they'll get a, like a slightly protected one and like an intriguing young, young guy and salary matching. Yep. That's what my guess would be. I agree. Uh, maybe it's like, a, I don't know. Get their People own talk second. to Warriors. I don't see the Warriors being that People, team. speaking of Toronto, uh, heard trying yeah. to bring Pirtle back. OG for Pirtle, straight up, make it happen. <laughs> I think that's all for us tonight, Taylor. It's really good stuff. Any, any lasting thoughts before we sign out for Ooh, the week? I'm really excited just watching this team leading up to the deadline. Um, again, they've declared themselves. They're starting to get healthy. And then like we mentioned, one thing to really kind of monitor, uh, we talked about how great of a job Dignall has done 
this season and, and just really ever since he's taken over for the Thunder. I, I'm curious how he is going to balance getting these healthy, getting the team healthy again, uh, balancing playing some of these lines that are really working, like the small ball in it, for example, compared to getting players development that need it. It'll be mm-hmm. fascinating to watch here, kind of down. So much fun. Not quite the stretch this of the season. Is a blast. I will be in attendance at both of the home games this week, so can't wait for that. Uh, As we get out of here, you guys make sure, go to Cotton Bureau, get your J-Dub shirt. They are clean. All the money goes to Positive tomorrow, so you definitely want to get in on this. Thank you guys so much for joining the Uncontested tonight. Chat was popping. We had tons of live viewers. Thank you guys so much. If you don't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Drop that five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. Helps our podcast become more seen. Also, sub to the YouTube channel. I've had some people in the comments saying, yo, the algorithm recommended me check out this video, which is insane. I don't know how the algorithm works. It's like science and shit, but it's awesome. So keep subbing to the YouTube channel so we can uh, expand our reach worldwide. We'll be back with you guys Wednesday after the Thunder take on the Atlanta Hawks. I have that post game. So you'll be joining me after the game. Should be a blast. We will see you. Meek tells me 915 subs on the YouTube. Folks, let's hit the century mark. Get me 1,000. That would make my entire week, Taylor. Until then, as always, thunder up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.